Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Network Hour podcast. I am your professional development and career coach and networking guru, Molly Kreese, and I am so excited to bring to you another episode again today. It's Monday, it's the start of the week. I know a lot of people don't like Mondays. I don't like Mondays because it's so much work, but I am so excited to be here with you with a special guest speaker. Her name is Paula Tatham. Welcome to the Network Hour podcast, Paula. Thank you for having me, Molly. I'm excited to be on. So excited to have you. Now, guys, Paula is a socially conscious entrepreneur. She is also a podcaster with the podcast named Women Soulpreneurs, and we're going to hear more about that as we get through this episode. And also, she is the founder of Conscious Gifter. Now, today, our topic is going to be the do's and don'ts of marketing your business. And Paula is going to share some challenges she faced in marketing and what she learned from those challenges and and how you can move forward in marketing your business. So we're going to get into all of that and talk about all of that. But before we do that, I have some fun questions for Paula and you guys. You can do this with your friends as well if you have some questions or just want to break the ice these are some really great questions so my first question to Paula is meal prep or takeout oh takeout (laughs) definitely takeout okay the next question is soda or salsa seltzer seltzer I love seltzer water as well and are you a morning or a night person things have changed since I have kids but I will still say I am a night person I need a good hour before the kids wake up to become a human and a cup of coffee. (laughs) That is great. And tell us about the worst professional advice you've ever had. I know we've gotten all of them, a lot of them. So tell us about the worst one. Yeah, mine was uh, to not tell anybody that I was a mother in the interview. That's, that's, That's pretty terrible. I think that top, that top a lot of worst. So let's get into it, Paula. I want the listeners to know a a, a lot more about Paula and who Paula is. So tell us a bit more about who Paula Paula is. Tell us a bit about your background. Sure. I moved to, I've worked in many different sales jobs, many different careers, but primarily sales, um, different types of sales. Uh, And I um, started a, my first company I started was uh, called Jacques in the City. It was a dog clothing company. That was a startup after I had left a job on Wall Street. And it was, you know, it was a difficult time. It was 2008, 2009. And I worked on that for a couple of years, learned a lot about manufacturing, you know, and it really turned me inside out about manufacturing and how these products were made and the companies that I was buying from. And I had children after that, Molly's, my world changed. I had to have a little bit more of steady of a income. And so I went back to working for companies and sales and different things. And I'm also, I also do um, a side hustle of tax preparation as well for clients. And I I learned quickly that it really bothered me, manufacturing. Um, It bothered me how the products were made. It bothered me, the people, were they being paid fairly and clear manufacturing? So that kind of grew into me becoming more socially conscious about the products I buy and the gifts I buy. And so that turned into Conscious Gifter, which I launched about two and a half years ago, where I buy from vendors that um, are, you know, 
I believe to the best ability are clear about their manufacturing and are doing socially good in the world. And I also have a podcast called Women Solopreneurs that I started during the pandemic um, to encourage other solopreneurs because you wear many different hats. It can be a very lonely place. And I felt like I had something to give and to say. And, um, you know, it was, it's been very therapeutic for me as well. And I love, I love talking and I love talking to other women that are entrepreneurs. So tell us, tell us more about the, the podcast. What's, what's the, what's the reason for the podcast? What's the, sure. what's the topics that you cover? Yeah. Uh, a little bit of everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I cover topics that I feel that has affected my life. I talk to women, you know, to learn tips about marketing, um, changes, mistakes that I've made, mistakes that other women have made to encourage other women that are solopreneurs because marketing is a big part, right? There's a big traffic jam there now because the world is all, you know, went online. And so that was, I mean, I will say that marketing had a huge impact on me on, well, it has a huge impact on every, everybody because if your marketing isn't right, you're probably not retaining new clients and you're probably not maintaining clients. So it's a, uh, I do a lot about marketing. I do a lot about, you know, finding ways to grow your business and, and hearing other women's stories. And I, I haven't did that recently in the second part of the year, just because my other um, work life has very, been very busy, but I absolutely love uh, encouraging other women. And that was my whole goal was to encourage, to learn from other women and to hopefully help other women learn something and feel encouraged as a solopreneur. Yeah. I usually say entrepreneurship is not for the faint of heart. If you know you're not going to put all your work and effort into it, it probably it's probably not a good idea to venture into entrepreneurship. Right. And marketing is a big part. I I know yeah. it's a it's it's a headache for me. I can't do it all by myself. So usually yeah. I go to the professionals to get it done for me. So tell us what are some of the, the, the challenges you face yourself when, when marketing your business? Well, I mean, there was many different challenges, but the one thing that I really learned during the pandemic, I think like a lot of people that I've networked with, and, and maybe not a lot, but there was quite a few of us that, you know, and when the pandemic started, whether you were already online or you were about to go online, people were like, I, you know, the marketplace is going to be overwhelmed. It's going to be a traffic jam. We have to find new clients. And I think the one thing I learned was, is you got to focus, even if you only have three or four clients, you need to focus first on maintaining those clients, Molly, and that your marketing is not just geared towards new customers, that you're looking at ways like reward programs. You know, if you're selling a product or a service, I mean, you know, having reward programs, uh, referral programs, um, a market affiliation, you know, uh, learning more things to help the clients that you're with. Maybe they're not going to rebuy your service, but maybe you can offer them something to help grow your business and then benefit too. You know, and it's a two-way street, right? You want to maintain these clients and everybody wants something at the end. You can't just ask somebody for something and not expect them to want something. That's just how it works. Yeah, so um, <laughs> you just went into a few things there so quickly. I want to go back to, the first, the first thing you said, the first, the first do I, I hear in marketing that you said just now is focus on maintaining those clients that you already yeah. have. So how do you maintain those clients you already have? What are well, some steps? Well, I really think? think it's about, right, you know, reaching out to them, 
you know, I think during the pandemic, the companies that were selling products, that maybe the products were not valid during this time, per my experience talking to people over the last year is really reaching out to them and not at first just being about your products, your business, about reaching out, seeing how they're doing. It is a little odd if you don't know somebody, somebody said, I don't know them, Paula. Why would I reach out and ask them, do they want a doggy uh, treat, you know, something like that? I said, I know, but you still have to say what's going on within your company, right? Mm -hmm. And see how they're doing. Please let us know how you're doing. Um, I knew companies that did Zoom calls, you know, for their customers. So that's one way to do it. They were holding Zoom calls that were free, that were 30-minute chats, you know, like fireside chats, checking in on people. Um, they brought in, I knew a lady that brought in somebody that did a, a membership reward program. And it wasn't just to benefit when you were buying, it was to benefit when you referred somebody and you were getting points for that. So there's a lot of different ways. I know if you're selling a service, right, it's going to be a little different, right, than for mem member rewards. And I've heard people say that to me a lot. That doesn't make sense for the business I'm in. Well, you have to think outside the box. That's the companies that succeeded, Molly, and went above and beyond. Uh, their marketing was on target and they were thinking outside of their box for their customers, you know, mm -hmm. and it is a lot of work to think outside the box and to, to move forward. But I think maintaining them is to check in on them, to look for programs, services, how you can benefit them. It is a two way street. Um, they need to be fed and you need to be fed, as I like to say. And so you, you have to think of different ways, you know, I mean, membership rewards is just because I'm a, I'm in the gift selling business. So it's it's a, a way that I think, you know, people really like this. Look at Starbucks. Look, I shouldn't even say large names, but yeah, look at the large companies, right? That do member reward programs. Mm -hmm. um, and that people love it. You know, getting something on your birthday, right? 10% off. Yeah. And again, I think you have to think too, if the client isn't going to be repurchasing, offering referral services, uh, $10 referring somebody to your service, 25 for the second person, things of this nature and maintaining, you know, uh, relationships because it's all about relationships and checking in, doing things for your clientele that's free, right? I mean, it's, it, I mean, that's just how it is. You have to do something maybe once a month or every six weeks doing something, a raffle or doing a free giveaway or doing um, a women fireside chat where somebody that maybe you could reach out to somebody in your community that's really, that your clients would be really interested in hearing. Yeah, those are all those are all really, really great tips. I know some companies call it um loyalty program as well. Right, for the loyalty programs, yeah. yeah, for the customers that have been loyal to them. But suppose suppose I'm a I'm a fairly new business and I say to you, Well, Paula, I can't afford to do all these things. I'm fairly new. I probably have one or two people that I think might be loyal to me. And those people might be my friends or families. I am more focused on I'm more focused on getting new clients because I need to build my clientele. What would you say to that person? You know, I would say I was there with you, and I would say yes, but you still have to reach out. You still have to ask those one or two people. Um, be very vulnerable about where you are at and where you need to go. Um, you know, check in on them first. And then talk to them about, do you know any other friends that might be interested in doing a fireside chat, um, Zoom? Do you know any people that might be interested in this raffle where we're having um, a lady or a man come speak about 
that's, you know, somehow related to the industry you're in. I mean, I would say, yes, if you only have one or two people, but you still have to take, maintain them. You really do. I mean, I, it's, it's a lesson, Molly, I have learned the hard way. Yeah. You mentioned too that um, the, the product business and the service business is totally different. Oh, so, so what, what, what advice you would give to, to business owners, entrepreneurs that are on the service side of things in the service industry, do they still have to do those membership programs and loyalty programs, incentives and all that stuff? I think, you know, I do think so, Molly, I think it is a good way of maintaining, you know, like people would say, but I'm a life coach. Yeah. But if you offer many sessions, right? Group many sessions once a month to loyalty to the three people that you already have. Bring a friend, earn 10 points, earn 30 points and a free 30 minute live coaching session or, um, you know, evaluation of where you're at and what are the top three things you need to do to be, to go to the next step in life or something. You know, you need to have something relative to whatever you're doing, but (coughs) I'm sorry, I'm Molly. Um, but you have to, I, I still think there has to be some type of engagement. You can't just say, I'm a life coach. There's no way to do this in the service industry. There is. Um, but you may only have four people on the call. And I think that's something that people have to understand that if you only have four people, that is what it is. That's where you're at now. There's no reason to be embarrassed. There's no reason to be upset. Tomorrow, you may grow from this, you may learn from this, you may see where you need to go, you may meet the person on that call that is going to lead you to the next client, to the next growth spot for you that's going to tell the world about your services. So I do think you have to be engaged in the customers that you have in the service industry, and I still think you should be offering something, you know, it has to be something, you know, it can't just be um, a free coaching thing. I think you have to have like, you know, something like a loyalty program where if they come to this and they bring a friend, 10 points and things like this. And you see that, like we said, we, we see this with larger companies and how this has worked. It's just harder for solopreneurs and entrepreneurs because we don't have a CMO. We don't have 25 people helping us write and edit our plan. So it is different, but I think you just have to start somewhere. You're going to make mistakes and if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. Yeah, that is that is such great advice, uh, Paula. You've you've even given me some tips. So that's that is so awesome. That is such great advice. Um, what about um, because you like you said for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, it's it's really more difficult because you sometimes you're the only person that's running your business. What would right. you say about um, navigating navigating social media? Because a lot of marketing experts will tell you that you need to be on some sort of social media. So what's what's your advice on that? And Molly, my God, I'm not the woman to talk about social media, <laughs> but I can tell you my experience. So I, I hired about 29 million social media people. And I will tell you that I, it wasn't 29 million, but Molly, I did a lot of freelancing and I found a lot of people. And you really, it's a really tough market because that is, I will say for me, I think people try to go on too many of the uh, the platforms and you have to figure out, like I said before, I have failed at social media. I'm not here to say that I know everything, but what I can tell you in my experiences, I think you have to focus on one platform. And I do think if you can collaborate with somebody, you know, and you just keep on. And I think 
in the beginning, it's okay to just do posts and you don't do them right. And that's okay, you know, because you're just starting out. And the more women and the more, or anybody, men and women that you meet, that you can get tips and advice from, that's really what, uh, you know, which I'm taking a retake on Conscious Gifter and where, you know, what I feel God has called me to do. But I will say, Molly, 100%, the people that I've seen that were more on our level, Molly, like they were maybe had one employee or one freelancer, what they told me was, is that how they succeeded was finding an influencer, okay? They found an influencer. Now for the service industry, for LinkedIn, I did talk to a lot of people who said, Paula, it was really hit or miss. Um, I tried to sell my services on LinkedIn. It didn't really, I didn't get that many likes on the podcast. I didn't get this many things, but they said they just kept trying you know, and they just kept trying. And I think that that is, that is the key, but social media takes a long time if you do not have staff. Yeah. And even if you do hire somebody and you pay them a thousand dollars a month, Molly, the, the sad part is, is, you know, they're doing the same thing me and you are doing. They're just trying to figure it out for you. There are a few experts that really do know what they're doing. And I'm not saying that they don't, but what I've learned is, is it really is about making mistakes and learning from them and not just continuing to spend money on platforms and focusing in on one platform. In my opinion, there'll be people who disagree with me, but in my opinion, it's focusing in on that one platform that works for your company or service. Yeah. And, and sometimes as a sole entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, you're just starting out. It's you alone. You are the, you're the CEO, you're the admin, you're the receptionist, you're, you're all of these things. And uh, social media, like you said, can be very expensive. And, and as an entrepreneur, you might not have that money to put into, into that. And I think that's why a lot of entrepreneurs fail at first in their couple of years at marketing, because you don't have the money to put into it as that's much, right. or you don't, have, you don't have it to hire a professional to do all of that stuff. So that's where that difficulty comes in. Yeah, and 100%. And uh, I was talking to a woman who, you know, we were just talking about it. A lot of people pause because of the marketing, because it is so expensive. And it's not to say, Molly, there's not marketing people or agencies that can figure it out for you or influencers, but it does take time and it does take money. Yeah, it definitely does. It definitely does. So you've given so many, so many things to do where marketing is concerned. Let's talk about what you should not do as an entrepreneur, as someone who's, who's starting a business, what you should not do in marketing, what you should avoid. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a couple of different things, I think, you know, I mean, one is I seen, and I don't know how you felt about it, Molly, but I seen a lot of people touch on all of the political, you know, things that were going on. And I, Molly, I think there were a lot of people that did not realize did not realize what they were saying. One thing is, is when you take a stance on something politically, you have to take that stance for the rest of the time the business is in, right? And I seen a lot of people, and I don't know how you felt, and I heard from a couple different women groups that, you know, that was a big mistake, you know, because they didn't know the whole story or they didn't know everything and they took political stance, right? And they didn't know what to do. And I think if you're going to take a political stance in your business, right, first of all, make sure it's relevant to your business and make sure you it's relevant to the times, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen a post about something that happened two years ago and it was like, well, the current events are something totally different, 
you probably should be speaking about this issue versus this issue. So that is one of my things. If you're going to be political, you're going to have to be political the whole time. So be careful of talking about politics. And I think a lot of companies talked about it and they felt like they had to. But I don't know if you have to. I think that you, you. I mean, for me, it's a little different in my life. I, 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 uh, I try to let God guide me on what I should be speaking on and not speaking on because sometimes, you know, there's issues and topics, Molly, that just don't are not relevant and it wouldn't it wouldn't be something like that. And the other thing I would say is, is you know, with marketing and the do's and don'ts, I think that you know we've already kind of spoke on it, but that focusing, you know, on three different, four different. Uh, platforms is just not the the key thing and just to focus on on the one thing you know and to do your best at finding the one thing that will help your your business grow you know if you're a service business in a lot of places I mean I know Facebook works for some but they've seen such growth in LinkedIn I've talked to a lot of women in life coaching and podcasters on business that the, you know, which I'm saying this, which is now it's a traffic jam, but uh, it is a, it's a huge place to grow there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think focusing in, I think that um, another thing in marketing that you shouldn't do is um, have, I, I, I talked to someone who had two different agencies. I didn't quite understand why she hired two different agencies um, to work. And she told me she had a freelancer that worked on the weekends doing marketing and a freelancer that worked during the week. And I couldn't, I just don't understand. I mean, that's my personal opinion. I've yeah, never did that, but I, I do think, that you, yeah. yeah, it's too many, you have too many hands in the pot, you know, and you're, you're, you're marketing on social media, which is primarily where people are buying ads and selling it. I mean, what a world we've come from, from magazines to, newspapers to tv i mean i don't well i don't even have a tv in my home you know so i don't even watch tv i don't have cable uh so it's it's such a changing world with marketing so i mean i think finding you know one person not so many different people in marketing and i think that you have to really find a good influencer that is really understands they can be great at something but they have to understand your industry and understand what you're doing you know yeah um i think these are some some really great don'ts i especially the political one that's interesting because i remember when everything was happening and i saw a lot of political posts on linkedin and i was like this yeah. does not need to be on LinkedIn. And, and what some of the people were saying, some of the comments they were making were really controversial. And I'm like, yeah. and I saw CEOs doing it. I saw entrepreneurs doing it. I saw people in regular jobs doing it. And I, I, I said to myself, oh my God, are you sure this is not going to uh, affect your, uh, your position at your job or the, right. your, your, the clients that you have? I mean, if you if you like you said, if you're making a stance, you're gonna have to make that stance um, the whole time. The whole yeah. time. So I think definitely have to be careful on political leanings and and the stance that we make. And that's definitely that's definitely a good one. We're not saying not to do it, but you have to right. be conscious of of what you're doing and how you're doing it. That is such an important one. I think too many platforms is a great one too, because 
I feel, um, and even myself, I found uh, doing this too as a new entrepreneur, you want to get your business out there. You want to get as much visibility, as much exposure. So you try to do everything all at once. And sometimes certain platforms might not be correct for the business that you have. And so doing that research and, and knowing which platforms to use, I think that's so important as well. And then you mentioned um, the person that had two different agencies. Do, yeah. I, I think that's, um, that's tricky because then you have two different people with two different perspectives and anyone right. in business will tell you when you're doing business, you have to have a focus and you have to have your brand has to be consistent throughout and, yeah. and having two different people that might be confusing your brand and having it all over the place. Yeah. And I think having, you know, and it's the same with messaging too. Your messaging has to be clear and stay the same. Messaging does change. I do agree with that. The pandemic really changed your messaging from March to July, depending on what state and where the people were in your, your messaging changed, you know, mm -hmm. we're open for business in June was not really New York, you know, uh, for brick and mortars. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I guess some went back, but you know, there was a lot that couldn't financially open back up. So if you were in Florida or Texas, you might have opened up in June. Yeah. You might have had customers. You know, I don't know, but I don't live there, so I would have no clue. But I, I know that for a fact that in New York, you know, your messaging was very different than what it would have been in many other states and California. And I think that having so many different hands in the pot, you know, you're not going to have the same cohesive message and it shows on any marketing space whether you're doing google ads it would show mm -hmm. uh do you think uh do you think having having a website is is important <laughs> that's arguable right these <laughs> days it is it is very arguable it depends on what you do right if you have products yeah. um you almost have to but then there's facebook shopping there's instagram shopping mm -hmm. Um, I think you do still have to have a website, Molly. I still think that is valuable. And like I said before, technology has changed so much that it has made it so easy to do so many things. It also complicates things. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel overwhelmed by technology and um, won't start doing certain things because I feel like I'm, I can't figure out how to download something or to do something. I'm technology challenged in my forties <laughs> and I, I definitely and not probably the average New Yorker where I just don't, it's just not for me. But I do think that the website, I think it's kind of like your base or your home shop. And you're seeing like, there was a large brand that just had, was on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. Um, she's, I don't remember the name of the brand, but yeah, she's a you know, very famous brand. And now she's only going to have a website, Molly. Wow. No brick and mortar for the time being, for the time being you know yeah and, and that was a little shocking to me because it was like you know it's a house it's not a household brand not everybody would know it but it's like women's bathing suits women's stuff and fifth avenue used to be the the market right i mean you yeah. made it if, if you had a flagship store on where fifth tiffany's avenue. is and i mean I yeah make brands but anyhow but you know what i'm saying so websites are the home base now even if it's just a one page you know bio on you that people and, you know, people, unfortunately, Google you. Yeah. It is, it is, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just how the world is. You know, I'm not saying it's bad, but it's, um, 
it's bad if you can't erase a few things from your past or something. Unfortunately, I've never been technology savvy, so I don't have that much, much out there. But, you know, you can't see, you can see so much and you want people when they Google you, the website to come up first, you know, and the things that are very relevant. So even cleaning up, um, there are companies that do that, that clean up for you to help you with that. I mean, that's a whole nother topic. Is that, is that really worth it or not? You know? Yeah, I think a lot of companies now are realizing that they don't necessarily need the brick and mortar because yeah. it has been such an online world now and the pandemic made it even even shift to virtual, everything's virtual, virtual now. So um, I think companies are going to have to reevaluate to see, should I be, should I even have a brick and mortar or should, should I just go 100% online? Right. I mean, we still need relationships. That's my only worry, Molly, that we need interaction with human beings. I'm a relationship-based person. I mean, you can probably tell I love people. And, you know, I I miss, you know, uh, I really miss being in person at networking events and things like that. It's not quite the same for me on Zoom, but everybody's different. I know people that are so happy to be working from home and are just thrilled and I was ready to pull my hair out with all the online schooling and trying to get work done. And I mean, I've got more gray hair up here and uh, I've got a few more crows nest up here and I look a lot different than I did, I think, pre-pandemic. But I I think that uh, even though we'll go this way, we have to maintain our relationships. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and that'll be another key because you learn so much from people. You know, you're not learning from robots. Yeah, you can read something on a website, but I feel 10 times more encouraged, Molly, to talk to somebody and to listen to what, how their story was and um, what they learned from marketing, right? It's, it's all about the relationships. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I like working from home, but (laughs) I do miss going to my, my networking events and and socializing with my people and stuff. I do miss that part of it. So Paula, this has been, this has been so great. You've given such great tips on, on marketing. I think our listeners are going to walk away with some really valuable tips on how to really um, navigate this, this, this life of, of marketing your business. Um, What, do you have any last, any last words or any last tips that you want to give our listeners on, on marketing that they should really never forget about? You know, you have to try, you know, you have to try something and marketing, you're going to fail at things, but if you're not failing, you're not making mistakes, you're not going to learn. So you just got to get out there and try. You're not going to know probably which platform without trying one or two, but give it your best shot. You know, Um, if you give up too early, you know, you never know what you can obtain by just keep trying to learn the ropes and ask people questions, ask people within your network, how did, how are you doing with marketing? What's going on? That's really been a key for me during this pandemic is to talk to other women about how they're doing marketing and how, what's working for them. Yeah, that has been so, so important because what I've been hearing from every guest that I've spoken to is ask for help. Be, do not be afraid to ask for help. And that is, that is so very much important. So uh, my takeaways that I'm, that I'm getting from, from you, Paula, and from us talking about this marketing is especially for the dues, focus on maintaining those clients that you already have, 
You might want to look into a loyalty or membership reward program, uh, outreach, Zoom calls, just checking in on your on your loyal customers. And those loyal customers are going to bring in new clients because word of mouth and referrals are important, right? Absolutely. And, and giving incentives, that's great. I'm hearing that you're telling me that the do the don'ts is to um, not to um, shift away from political stance, but when you take a stance, realize that yeah. you're going to have to stick with it and also don't focus on too many platforms, focus on the ones that work for your business and also have a clear and concise message for your business. And also don't um, have too many different agencies that's working on your yeah. marketing because you want to have that real central focus and make sure your brand is, is speaking the same thing when people right. are looking at your website or whatever you have, they want to see that you have that clear, consistent message. So those are some really, really great tips. And, and, and I thank you so much for coming through. I know we had a little hiccup and we had to start over, but it's, it's, it's been great. And I thank you so much, Paula, for coming by and for talking to us about the do's and don'ts of marketing. I think we all learn some real valuable lessons when we're going through this life of business and entrepreneurship and all these things. And um, just quickly tell us about women solopreneurs. Where can they find your podcast, yep. listen to your podcast? Tell us about how people can connect with you and, and stuff like that. Yep, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, Paula Tatum. I live in New York City. It's pretty easy to find me. And you can find my podcasts on Apple, Spotify, um, all the major podcasts. I, I'm on all the platforms. You can listen to me there. And um, and I will probably be starting in the fall another series interviewing women. But uh, as, as everything has changed, I am changing to right now I'm doing many episodes um, on encouraging things and tips for solopreneurs. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paula. This has been great. And guys, you know, every time before I leave this episode, I always leave a quote with our listeners. And today's quote is, to be the best, you must be able to handle the worst. And very so good. you that cannot you, you cannot be the best uh, until you've gone you've gone through some challenges and some obstacles and, and overcome them. So the quote is to be the best, you must be able to handle the worst. Thank you so much again, Paula. Thank you guys for listening. This has been another episode of the Network Hour podcast. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, download, send it to a friend, listen to it. Um, visit us, uh, follow We Network Services on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All of this information will be in the podcast notes. We thank you so much again for listening, and we hope you have a great week. Thank you. Thank everyone. you, Molly. Have a wonderful and productive and joyful week. Thank you, Paula.